Hi, today is September 19th, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions. Anything said in this podcast, future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Apple, AMD, and NVIDIA. Thank you. Yo, how is everybody doing? Uh, it is 7.38 p.m. on a Sunday night. Uh, I finally get time to do a episode where I don't feel necessarily rushed. I feel like I've just been really busy. Uh, it's either me doing something on the weekend, so I have to record an episode like after work... Uh, really quickly, or I'm just busy during the weekend, I have to squeeze it in during the weekend, Um, but today uh, I get to ramble on for about as uh, long as I want, so uh, today we're going to start off with a uh, direct message, or as the youngsters call it, the DM um, from my friend Brett, longtime follower, longtime streamer, longtime friend. Uh, he was one of the first uh, on the Twitch stream uh, that we just made conversation from. You know, I would do a late night um, Twitch stream where I code Theta Gang. Uh, I don't remember the first feature that uh, Brett joined on in uh, and I coded, but uh, he's been a follower and a friend for a long time. So uh, I received this uh, DM from him. A while ago actually August 30th and I'm just now getting the chance to fully you know just you know communicate what he's said uh, and take time to appreciate it because I didn't want to like just briefly go through it because this is actually a huge uh, direct message so uh, shout out to you Brett I hope you're doing well uh, and I'll read the DM now Okay, the DM goes, Hey Junie, I wanted to share a brief update with you because you're responsible for encouraging me in a few ways over the past two years. I'm working 20 hours a week for Starbucks in the mornings because they cover full tuition to ASU where I'm getting a degree in computer engineering. Afternoons are still filled with teaching music and church on the weekends. I haven't had much time to be active in the market, so I've relied mostly on covered calls the past six months. The financial security from investing essentially aggressive saving, allowed me to buy a ring for my soon-to-be fiancé. I'm exhausted, but life is great, and I am happy. Also, your podcast about a year ago, where you said, just start up that podcast or channel, inspired me to actively produce music music educational videos for most of last year. I intend to continue producing when my school program is on break. I'm glad Theta Gang has been successful for you, and I hope life is going well. Let me know if I can ever help with anything or you need any encouragement. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? It's such a wholesome email. It's not like, oh, Junie, thanks for all the gains, dude. Uh, or Junie, you suck, dude. <laughs> I, I get I get both sides. I get both sides. Um, you know, these are the best. These are the best messages ever Um and especially, I mean, this one's extra special. I don't know if you guys and girls caught it, but um, is it, Brett said, allowed me to buy a ring for my soon-to-be fiance. That is nuts. You know, two years ago, when I first, you know, saw Brett either on the website or on Twitch, going all the way to now, 
where he's basically has already proposed. I'm sure, you know, she said yes. And being engaged, and I'm, like, part of that journey. Like, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? That, like, you know, some stranger on the internet could impact your life to where you can, you know, basically just save for that ring that, you know, she would love and that you would love to propose with and you making a big life change from making cool financial decisions. Nothing about going to the moon, nothing about, you know, oh, chapter seven bankruptcy or bust. You know, it's, it's none of that. It's just wholesome, like, yo, thanks for keeping me in check. And uh, yeah, got, got a ring for the fiance. That's super dope. Congrats to you and your fiance. Um, I'm sure she loved the ring. And uh, I hope this, you know, message for all you guys and girls listening right now uh, can serve as some like inspiration to like think about goals you can have for your portfolio. Cause I get it. Everyone just wants their portfolio to go up. You are happy on days where the market goes up and your portfolio goes up. Um, maybe less happy on days where it goes down. But you know, it really, really helps to have a goal in mind to make sure you don't do anything um, d too risky, right? Like, oh, here, here comes Judy saying, uh, don't get caught, don't, 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 don't get caught, Look, I want a nice house. That's why I can't buy FDs on regular cadence or at all, because I understand that I'm the type of person that will double down on it or I'll want to win, so, you know, I'll uh, buy extra to uh, lower my break even and then try to try to do some funky stuff that might end up in me getting got, right? If you want to save up a ring for your fiance, if you want to, um, you know, save up for that nice guitar or save up for um, college, all of this stuff, or, you know, and I'm not even talking about like, the high school student working at Jamba Juice to go back to college. Like, what if... What if, you know, you didn't get a chance to go to college when you were a kid and you have a good life savings because you worked at, you know, um, not jobs that you weren't happy at, but, you know, you saved up money and you want a second shot at education and, you know, getting out there with a college degree, which, you know, I don't want this to be like a pro-college podcast because I'm, I'm very in the middle. I think if you want to go to college, you should go to college. If you don't want to go to college, like... That's fine, as long as you have your goals set out for you. Because you, you might be thinking, Oh, Judy, you think college is good, but what about the debt? And, you know, what if you can't afford college and you want to get a degree and still be able to bring money? Well, how could you be? Oh, I thought you were responsible, Judy. How could you? Dude, just do. <laughs> just, just do just do what you want to do. Uh, but if setting goals is what differentiates you from doing plays where you get got and not getting got, I think setting goals uh, is a pretty healthy activity. So just know that I want a nice house one day. So I'm going to do everything I can in my power and my trading strategy to make sure that I can afford a house one day. And that means I cannot do FDs. In Brett's case, he did everything in his power to save up uh, financially with auto deposits. Um, it's just essentially, as he quotes, uh, aggressive saving that allowed him to buy a ring for his fiance. So thanks for sharing, Brett. Um, I wish you and your fiance uh, the absolute best. Tell her I said hi. Uh, and yeah. All right. Uh, jumping into earnings this week. Uh, you know, not all too much. We have 
after close on Tuesday, FedEx, Adobe, Aurora, uh, and Stitch Fix. Uh, after close on Wednesday, uh, you got BlackBerry. After close on Thursday, you have Nike and Costco. Uh, and honestly, I think that's it. Um, quickly looking uh, just through the week, uh, I think BlackBerry will probably have the most amount of internet traction just because it's one of those short squeeze plays from, uh, from Wall Street Bets. Uh, we ended the stream for the stock tier list part three, uh, grading Costco. I graded Costco at an A. Um, you can hear all about why it was not graded an S uh, in that podcast episode. Or if you want to watch me do uh, this tiering live, you can go to twitch.tv slash real theta gang where I you know, stream uh, live every week. I show my portfolio. I show my entire terminal window like you see exactly what i see every day you see my profit loss you see everything um because you know that's how i operate i don't like uh when people only talk about their wins so i'm gonna show all my wins and losses um but yeah twitch.tv slash real theory 7 30 p.m pacific time on tuesdays um but yeah costco reporting that's gonna be cool uh, but eyes on FedEx. I'm I'm genuinely curious to see uh, how shipments have been doing. Um, just you know, via FedEx or UPS, you could interchange the companies here, and I'd still be equally interested. Um, I haven't traded, at least in a long time, uh, these shipping companies. Um, but you know, always always a cool company just to watch because in in my experience whenever i watch a shipping company it's either mooning or crashing it's like nothing in between um but yeah definitely uh a light week nike after close on thursday um that's it yeah fedex adobe aurora stitch fix blackberry nike and costco oh actually there is right aid before open on thursday uh, Jim Cramer was previously very bullish on Rite Aid because of their balance sheet, um, and rightly so. I think the stock. Is, let me just, let me just check real quick. Rad stock. Yeah, I mean it's way up from before. Uh, and quote way before means when it was trading at what is it like five bucks? Yeah, I mean last time I looked at this was like when it was trading at five bucks, and that was August sixteenth, twenty nineteen. Uh, but now it's chilling at seventeen forty. Uh, there's some resistance that I'm seeing, some oogla boogla in the 25 range, um, in the 22 range. Um, but yeah, cool. Okay, uh, new on the new ThetaGain.com website updates. Uh, notifications are now correctly in order. Uh, this has been uh, apparent for quite some time, but I think because of how the bug um, is displayed, uh, it wasn't found until the new month started, uh, just because <laughs> I think the dates were sorted alphabetically, much like the comments were before, um, but that's been fixed. Um, Coming soon, like very, very soon, 
there is going to be a patron portal, uh, a basically a section of the website only patrons can access, where patrons can see other patrons' trades in a curated display. Right now, you can basically follow uh, what the patrons are doing and you know what other people are doing, but that view is not very um, efficient, right? Like all you would do is you see trades in that little uh, list of people or trades that you follow on the front page. Uh, this will be a dashboard with um, everyone's trades just in full view. Uh, the ergonomics of the page would just be better. Um, but that would be for patrons only, uh, at least in the beginning. So what I think I'm going to do is create this patron portal, make it look really nice, have it be really snappy, and then make some version of it so that uh, when you view the, follow the trades that you are currently following, like assuming that you are not a patron, um, that, it, that, it's, that experience is just that much better. Because right now, um, adding things to this site it's relatively easy, though I don't want to be start adding things that people will be upset if I take away. So um, this patron portal for the patrons um, will be a very nice thing for them, but it is also a nice thing for me because it is uh, essentially free beta testing. But, you know, very nicely curated beta testing. <laughs> um, a change that you guys and girls will see... Um, before uh, the patron portal gets uh, released most likely is uh, the inputs for when you add a trade uh, they will be moving to uh, only that one button clicking that one button and you won't have to click next anymore you know when you add say for example a long naked call you have to pick the stock and then press next pick the strike then press next click the quantity then press next pick the date and the press next instead of pressing next x amount of times you will get all the inputs at once so you fill it all at once and then you just press submit one time um, a few patrons have brought up that it would be a good idea i agreed um, and i think what i'll do is i'll uh i i feel like what i'm going to do is release it to a subsection of users on the website and then just see if anyone comes out of the blue and says, hey, I really like this, or someone says, hey, I really don't like this, and they go from there. I don't think it'd be a general site-wide release at first because I think the change would be a little a little too big of a change uh, or else I'm just getting a massive influx of people just saying, oh, change it back, change it back, it sucks. Um, but I think having it be a, a smaller group at first and release it slowly might be the better approach. Uh, but more details later. But that that is a change that is going to come pretty soon. Uh, so brace yourself. Okay, um, so today's episode was actually supposed to be one of the episode rewrites where I talk about like a fundamental strategy and like details about that strategy. Uh, like for example, 
I have episodes on like long naked calls, put credit spreads, call credit spreads, and I give detailed examples about each one. Uh, I'm deciding against that, and uh, I'm just going to do a brief synopsis on my f favorite three types of trades um, for like beginners, essentially, um, instead, because I just rather uh, take more time to flesh out like a pseudo script when I'm talking about um, the rewrites for the future episodes. Um, but let's dive in. Uh, these are my favorite three types of trades that I would execute for 2021, uh, especially if you are a beginner. Alrighty, uh, the first trade or the first uh, option type that I would execute uh, if I was first learning uh, would be the long naked call. Uh, I understand a lot of people might just be furious with that type of statement, but um, they might say like, oh, Junie, I think the, the best thing to do would be a cover call like you're you're you mentioned theta game all the time why aren't you um you know having people sell options especially something so risk adverse as a cover call um in my experience uh of teaching people options i think i have a really really good understanding of teaching people options i've taught many people online taught many people on stream on the podcast uh on the website uh, but also in real life. And what I've noticed teaching things in real life is a lot of people like to just get started. They just want to go ahead and uh, do the thing that's the least amount of resistance and just start doing that one thing that they want to do. And if it's trading options, they want to just hurry up and buy that first option and just go for it. There are a lot of benefits um, of buying a long naked call. Notice how I'm not using the plural uh, version of that word. I'm not saying long naked calls. I'm just saying long naked call is one. Um, the max loss for a long naked call is defined. Like that, you can only lose as much as you spend on a long naked call. Assuming you don't do any, you know, uh, anything super crazy where you start selling things by accident. But let's just assume that all you do is just buy a long naked call. Um, having that max loss is really good. What I think is even better is when you buy a long naked call, you will experience all the emotions of a long naked call, especially if it goes right from the beginning. If you buy a long naked call on Apple and Apple jumps up 2% the next day, you are going to feel like you are on the moon. Like you are going to feel unstoppable. You're going to be like, wow, I should put in more money. I'm really good at this. You're going to get all of those emotions um, and what might end up happening, and I think what would end up happening most of the time, is you're going to hold it too long uh, and you're going to start noticing like, hey, why is my option decaying in value? And that's when you start looking up uh, what is option decay, what is all this stuff. Um, and it just sets you up to ask the right questions. In my opinion, if you start off someone uh, with uh, selling a covered call against shares, right? Duh, that's why it's called covered. Uh, they won't be asking any of, the r any of the right questions. They'll just be more focused on like, you know, when do my shares uh, get taken away from me? Why is my uh, covered call red? And it's very, very hard to have them empathize with 
the option buyer, the person that bought the option that they wrote. Um, it's a very hard concept to understand um, and you know understand why selling options has a better probability of profit than buying them uh, without buying them first. You have to understand what it's like to lose <laughs> and th this is why this is not financial advice, okay? This is definitely, um, this is left field, like, Junie being Junie advice, right? Like, this is me trying to teach you, uh, or whoever you're going to tell this to, <laughs> God forbid, uh, it's trying to teach them to learn through action or lear learning through, um, execution learning by doing if you never lose on a long naked call you will never understand why covered calls are so um are are so satisfying it's because you have this feeling of hey i have 100 shares that of a company that i love and i'm able to lower my break even uh, especially if this call uh, expires out of the money if it expires out of the money, I get to keep my shares, I get money to lower my break even, and I'm good. Um, but again, if you never understand why uh, you know, if this option loses value, uh, you'll never appreciate uh, the sell side. A lot of you might say, well, can't you just have them sell the covered call and then just explain to them what is happening? In my experience, and this is where my experience kind of edges over the textbook. In my experience, you teach someone how to sell options, they will eventually buy options. That is one million percent the right. That is one that that has happened a hundred percent of the time, right? There's no one that just sells options and just stays on the sell side. Right, and that it does. That's not a realistic expectation either, right? Like, of course, like if you join the options world, I'm not gonna pin you to only one style of trading, but this is where starting off with the long naked call might make more sense. Is that not only do you have a defined max loss, there's only one contract that you're dealing with, one entity. You don't have to deal with shares or anything. It's you get to have them feel the pain early of a loss, assuming that they lose, assuming that they hold on to the long naked call that's winning for too long, assuming that the long naked call that they bought just you know the price went down from that moment on, and they they face that loss early, so they're they're almost like grateful. That's the approach, and that's those are the reasons why I prefer someone to go with a long naked call. You also get to. Um, there's less variables at play too. Like you don't have to worry about uh, the stocks that you might have, uh, because honestly, not a lot of people have like ten thousand dollars just ready to go, especially for a new strategy that they haven't heard of, right? Like imagine if you wanted to pitch like, hey, just write a cover call on Apple, buy a hundred Apple shares and write a cover call, and then they say, uh, you're tripping. I don't got fifteen k for this, uh, and you're like, oh dang, right. And then, so now you got to go and you got to pitch to them like, okay, um, 
you know, if you had this type of money, then maybe you could do this. But, you know, that, that's just a whole bunch of complicated mess. Where instead, you could just have them buy a weekly call, right? And they could have the time of their life or they got the worst time of their life, assuming that, you know, maybe this is the first time that they're actually buying an option. Um, they feel all the emotions of just buying a naked option. And then maybe when they lose on that naked call, they become very in tuned with like, okay, so I understand that there's a lot of risk uh, when playing these, uh, and maybe if I buy one with more time on it, that is better. Um, and maybe if I just don't like buying options at all, this finally gives me insight into why I want to be selling these because you know I lost on this one pretty fast. I'd love to be the one that sells these. Uh, is there a way I can do that? Oh, wow. Covered calls, that's awesome. I then, you know, I start saving up my Jamba Juice money um, to be able to write covered calls. And that, I think, is the best natural progression that you could provide uh, someone for that's just starting options. All right, uh, naturally, I think the best uh, second trade uh, that I would do for uh, someone that's learning how to uh, buy and write options would be the covered call. Uh, for those that don't know, a covered call um, is a call that you would write against your shares or that you would sell against your shares. You have to own shares. Uh, that's, that's what that means. Um, you own shares and you promise someone, hey, you know, if it gets to this price, I promise to sell you for this price. But if it doesn't, uh, you uh, have paid me this money already. So, for example, if Apple is trading at $100, uh, maybe I want to write a covered call at the 105 strike and I say uh, hey if Apple gets to 105 uh, I promise to sell you my shares at 105 um, but for taking on this risk of you know what if Apple moons I want you to pay me $40 and uh, this is a very good deal because even if Apple reaches 105 plus um, I keep the $40 and I also keep the price difference at 105 because I sell you the Apple shares at 105. I do not give you the Apple shares at 105. I sell you the Apple shares at 105. So in that example, if Apple is trading at $100 and I bought it for $100 uh, and Apple shoots up to say $107, uh, I get $540 because Apple shot up to 105, um, and then I had to sell it to you at 105, and then I keep the $40 that you initially paid me. Um, this is, uh, for obvious, obvious reasons, this is one of the safest and best trades to learn, uh, especially when you wanna start learning uh, the uh, sell side of options, just because of the amount of risk that is missing from the strategy. You just obviously have to know uh, like what prices you're actually okay with selling the stock. A lot of people get over overzealous with uh, this idea of selling um, strikes that are just too close to the money and they end up getting assigned all the time. Uh, I am one of those people. I, I sell close to the money all the time. I keep track of my break even on the .com website. Um, so I know where my break even is at all times and it helps me a lot of the times too when uh, You know the market is a little rocky, but I'll digress uh, Cover calls 
very very good type of trade though there are a lot of different things that happen within the life of a covered call uh, that have a little bit more complexity than a long naked call a long naked call um, just you buy it once and it goes up and down with volatility and price and then it goes down due to decay you buy a covered call and then suddenly you start got to be tracking break evens um, you have to I think that's the main thing is that you're managing a hundred shares of the stock that you're um, trading uh, when you have a covered call on and that can be a lot especially for a newer investor like imagine if someone came to you without any stock knowledge and you convince them to buy a hundred shares of a company that they think they like and then now they have a short option on it a covered call uh, and having to manage both of those things that can be an overwhelming task for someone that just wants to learn a little bit about options like it's asking a lot to um, have someone new buy a hundred shares of something and to open a a technically infinite risk uh, scenario where maybe what if they don't know that they should never sell the shares right like if you sell the shares while you have the cover call on while your broker might not let you do it um, if you were able to sell your shares uh, that would put you in an infinite risk scenario and that wouldn't be too good right so just some things to um, think about uh, but cover calls would be the uh, second option type that I recommend uh, if you're learning about options in general if you're already experienced with options especially the buy side maybe you've had some experience with like Wall Street bet strategies, <laughs> like just like long calls and FTs and stuff. Um, then I think you know going to cover calls just head on is pretty good. You know you don't need to obviously go through the whole long naked call thing again. Um, but if you are again just starting out, just want to get to know what options are all about. Uh, yeah, this list is indeed in order: long naked calls first, then cover calls. If you if you want to just jump into the right side and you've done. Um, or the sell side if you've done enough research you've watched enough YouTube videos you think you get the gist of it yeah I think you could just go into cover calls but if it's convincing a friend to buy 100 shares or something um, you know someone that's never got into stocks at all I still think long naked call is the best okay uh, last uh, but not least this is I, 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 I kind of cheated I'm putting two trade types for number three. I'm putting the put credit spread and cash secured put um, as number three. There is a fork in the road uh, that can happen. So what we have so far is, you know, the person that you're, you know, guiding through this options journey uh, has bought a long naked call, uh, has uh, also sold a call, it may be a covered one after buying 100 shares. So they understand both sides. They understand the buy side, they understand the sell side. Now there's a fork in the road that happens of, hey, do you want to maybe uh, sell a spread and collect premium and solely premium? Or do you want to sell a cash secure put and then maybe hopefully um, uh, pick up shares at a lower price or continue collecting premium? What personally worked out for me was when I was starting to find out more about uh, my system and what I liked to do, uh, I was selling spreads, uh, selling put credit spreads and call credit spreads, 
Um, but fast forward two years of consistently trading the same way, um, and I have proof of that at datagame.com slash Junie. Um, put credit spreads are way better than call credit spreads. A lot of people joke around and they like that tweet. They upvote that comment that says stonks only go up. Put credit spreads are basically that trade that says like, hey, this stock is either going to trade a little bit down flat or up, right? There's, there's so many things that need to just go normal for this play to work rather than, you know, saying like, hey, for this call credit spread, I don't want this stock to go above this price, right? That's asking a lot. You, some of you might think, well, Junie, if a stock is overextended, it seems a pretty good place to write uh, a call credit spread or something that, you know, is bearish. Uh, there's no rule written anywhere where a stock can't go higher uh, than that price that you're saying is overextended. The second where you think that the stock will not go uh, past that point, uh, you will get got. Never assume that the stock has to go up and never assume that it has to go down. Though, history, and I'm talking like you guys, go to google.com, type in spy, and then go to all time and it has, see that graph. History has shown stocks go up. Okay, so this is just playing with law of large numbers. Law of large numbers says, hey, this stock has a really good chance of going up. Now, I'm not saying it's going to moon. I'm not saying pick the craziest strikes um, for these spreads, but just to really hammer it home, a lot of people when they first start trading have a lot of ego. Now, I think a lot of people that trade for a long time also have a lot of ego, but you need to be able to learn when you want to make profit versus when you want to be right. It takes a lot of guts to be bearish uh, and then be also vocal about it, which is uh, what you know Citron Research does and all these short companies do. Uh, it takes a lot of guts to do something like that because you're putting a lot of money where your mouth is, um, whereas a lot of other people, just regular Fintuit people, don't have to do that. They can just talk about their winners all day and then be fine. Um, but as soon as you want to start just like making... Uh, a consistent return, it would be in your best interest to not bet that the market would go down. Because yes, I get that you can make a lot of money when the market does go down and you bet on that, but chances are you're not gonna be able to time that correctly. And so just doing the, you know, quote unquote, like right thing would be to just trade that the market would just be flat or up. Um, and that's where put credit spreads come in. And if you keep the max loss small on those, um, uh, I think there's a really good chance to learn about how uh, how much you're comfortable, um, you know, uh, risking. Because, say for example, you sell a put credit spread that has five dollars uh, strike width and width. And you have a max loss of like almost $500 because you do receive premium for that trade. Um, if you're consistently looking at that trade and saying, wow, this could reach max loss, wow, this could reach max loss, wow, this could reach max loss, and you're like sweating over it, you wake up in the morning and that's the first thing you look at, crusty eyed, rolling over, um, that means your max loss is too big. When I first started doing Theta Game style trades, uh, where I displayed all my winners and losers, and where I still display all my winners and losers at ThetaGame.com slash Juni, 
um, I made sure that my max loss was so small that I did not care if it reached max loss. What did that do for me? Uh, that let me hold it to uh, near expiration, right? I would close on the last day for you know reasons beyond that I'll just like explain later or you know in a different episode. Um, but I'll get to hold it to the last day because uh, I didn't care about reaching max loss. I didn't need to exit early to preserve profits or to stop stop any loss or anything. I let it go to expiration. And what I found anecdotally and in my own experience is that your the option price really goes in, or being short on options goes in your favor during like the last week. And it's it was really eye-opening to me um, the amount of times where I had a really red position to uh, at the end walk out green for a few bucks. Like that's happened so many times. Um, and that's where I got a lot of my foundation when uh, it comes to trading or being on the sell side and having a lot of discipline on the sell side, which I think is really, really important. But a lot of people skip that. And I can tell you to be disciplined and to hold things and to make sure you do things this and X and Y, Z. But until you start doing it yourself, you're not going to know what it's like to hold something that's red for like three or four weeks and then have it finally turn green, right? A lot of you would just, you know, chalk it up to, oh, this is bad luck, bad timing, and close this out for a loss early because there's no way it's gonna go back up. And then you figure out like a few months later that like, wow, like if you just, just held that, you would've been fine. But then you don't think to revisit the strategy again because you're like, oh, that was just bad luck. You know, I just have bad timing. I'm not gonna do that again, right? So lots and lots of opportunities to learn um, and I think setting yourself off on the right foot when choosing between call or put credit spreads, you should always pick the put credit spread, at least in the beginning. If you really, really think you're Michael Burry and you really think you can start timing the tops of things, call credit spreads are there. Um, they can help you with defined max loss and whatnot. Um, or you can, you know, buy a put, but really... Being on the sell side, I mean, that's what the podcast is majority about, and it's just my trading style. Um, but being on the sell side with the put credit spread, uh, betting on the market will go either a little bit down, flat, or up, um, has worked out really well for me. Uh, just to quickly note, the put credit spread is number three and not number one or two, simply because if it's a first time person, <laughs> first time person, if it's a newer investor's first time trading uh, options, you can't just throw them to the wolves and tell them to, hey, sell this option and buy this option. That's a put credit spread. And there you go. Good luck. You can't do that. You definitely need to have them. Uh, build up to that type of trade, which which is why I think you know being on the buy side and sell side through this particular journey is so powerful. So they understand uh, better, right? I'm not gonna say they're gonna fully understand their first put credit spread they put on because I I didn't. <laughs> um, but it would help them with a lot of context when you uh, introduce them to options this way. Uh, and so that's why put credit spreads number three, not necessarily because it's my third favorite, because put credit spreads. Uh, have been historically my favorite type of trade like ever uh, though rare i rarely do them now which might be a little contradictory but that is a perfect segue for uh, cash secure puts which is absolutely the my favorite types of trades these days um, after um, having you know saved up a lot of money having a very uh, regular auto deposit uh, and making sure that you know i'm always um 
being disciplined in how I trade because like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I, I just want a nice house so I can't do uh, super risky strategies. But let's just talk about cash secured puts uh, and then go on from there. Uh, cash secured puts uh, are is a bet where you basically say, hey, I promised to buy um, this stock from you uh, for this price. Uh, and in taking that risk, uh, I want you to pay me. So for example, Apple is trading at $100. Uh, a cash secured put would say, uh, I will promise to buy Apple from you for $90 if it gets down to $90. But uh, in exchange, I would like you to pay me for taking on that risk. Because what happens if Apple goes down to $50? I still got to uh, buy Apple from you for $90. So I net Apple <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at a $90 break even or a $90 cost basis when it's actually trading at $50. So I'd be holding 100 shares of Apple stock at $90 cost basis when it costs actually $50. So I'd be uh, in the red, but I would own 100 shares of Apple, uh, but just at a red P&L or a red profit loss of $4,000. Which wouldn't feel good, uh, but that's what that's what I get. Uh, that's what I uh, that's what um, I'm getting paid for. So again, I promise to buy Apple uh, from you for ninety dollars. If it gets down that low or lower, I will always purchase it from ninety. But in exchange, I want you to pay me fifty dollars or eighty dollars or whatever the the option price is at the time. Um, this option or this uh, strategy is very powerful um, if you have a lot of money and you know what to look for and you know what to trade. There are so many reasons um, why this strategy is good. I can go on, I think forever, I think it's just a few things is, there is a defined max loss for this type of trade. Um, and it's when the stock price is equal to zero. So <laughs> it's not to make that less ominous and less scary. It's basically like imagine if I got assigned Apple um, at uh, at the ninety dollars strike price, and I was forced to buy that Apple example for uh, ninety dollars each. But then it's actually trading at fifty dollars because there was a crash. Um, as long as Apple, I mean, doesn't go out of business and doesn't hit zero. And if you assume that, hey, Apple can return back to 90 bucks uh, given some time, then in the end, you'll be fine. And that's what I think I like most about it is because my horizon of trading has changed to where if I get stuck with something that I fundamentally believe in, I won't mind holding it for the rest of my life, uh, which is why I started aggressively trading only companies that I'm willing to hold for the rest of my life. Um, I've stopped trading tickers that have um, like a good amount of IV that I'm not particularly interested in anymore. Um, I think some of that being, uh, well, it's been a while. I can't, I can't, like, like Beyond Meat was one that I traded a, like a good amount of times a while ago. But I don't trade that anymore, though it has good implied volatility. Some people might agree that's a stock to hold forever, but that's just not something I'm passionate in right now. I'd rather trade like Apple, AMD, NVIDIA. Um, something more techy, something that I'm, I'll, I'll keep more up to date with. Um, but yeah, there is some amount of risk, right? If you are picking stocks just based on metrics like high implied volatility, remember volatility is high for a reason. Um, if you're taking premium that's not worth it, for example, maybe you're getting paid pennies in front of a steamroller, you know, that's a common example. 
um, then maybe it won't be so good. But assuming that you do your homework, you have someone to guide you, maybe you re- uh, listen to some more earlier episodes of this podcast, uh, cash-secured puts can be very, very fruitful. Um, they do, however, just like the covered call example, and the reason why this is not a type of trade I would uh, advocate for someone just starting out is because it takes a lot of money. Um, to sell a cash secure put on Apple right now, I think it's like $15,000, right? To promise someone um, that you're going to buy a, a stock at a given price, you have to buy it in batches of 100. If you wanted to sell one cash secure put at Apple at its current trading price, um, you have to put up basically $15,000 and you might get paid, I don't know, like like 200 bucks or 300 bucks for like, for putting on that bet for, I don't know, three weeks. Um, and to some people, that's a whole lot of money. To other people, that's not so much. But that is one of the reasons why it's later on this list. Um, but I do want to go ahead and say, like, this is the main trade that I have been putting on. It's cash secure puts and cover calls and just managing my break-evens. Um, because, uh, like I said earlier, Holding a stock, even when it's red, if it's a company that you fundamentally believe in and you can see it being in your portfolio like well into your retirement, it's not so bad. But it's just so many people right now are looking for that get-rich-quick stock. And so they want to be able to get in and get out. Um, but a huge premise of this podcast is be, like trading stocks that you love. A lot of people have mentioned like, hey, Juni, uh, every time you've said that, you know, I've listened to it, but... Uh, until I got got or I've gotten a sign on stock that you know I don't particularly love now I understand what you meant about trading stocks that you love because once you get stuck quote like quote stuck on with a stock that you actually don't mind holding something in your brain like sparks and you're like wow you know this is this is it this is what investing is is like yeah you took some risk it didn't go completely in your favor you have stock that you believe in though now it's time to put in more money, not to even double down. You don't have to double down anything. You don't have to buy more of that stock. You can just pick a different company. And now you can start uh, talking about your portfolio in terms of diversifying. Maybe if you wanted to pick a different type of industry or a stock in a different industry. Or maybe you stick with the same sector, but you just want to pick a different stock. Like, for example, if I get stuck with AMD stock, not so bad. I don't care. I believe in Lisa Sue. I believe in all the other stuff that AMD is going for. And if I get stuck with AMD, maybe I don't want to buy more AMD. Maybe I have plenty more of AMD, but now I just sell cash secure puts on NVIDIA or Apple or any other stock that I don't particularly mind. This type of investing has worked for me the absolute most. I've been trading stocks for a really long time. Um, I'd say from 2013, 11, somewhere, somewhere around there, like somewhere like after high school, but like, or somewhere between high school and uh, first year of college, I was trading stocks. Um, And it hasn't clicked until maybe like three years ago on like what works for me. And I'm just help. I'm just help. (laughs) I'm just trying to help other people um, find their own style of trading. My style of trading obviously is not the best. Um, There are pitfalls of my style of trading um, that I've that I've seen, but the gains that I make far outweigh the cons uh, that other people might see. So, 
if you want to see my gains, if you want to see how much I am up this year, I think I'm up like $34,000 this year on a 160, 170K portfolio um, that, you know, uh, that I started this, I think I started this year because I, after, oh, I paid like 40K in taxes last year. That was crazy. Um, I think I started this year with 130 and then I've had some auto deposits and then, yeah. 34 on top of that that makes sense so yeah i started this year with 130 uh made 34k in gains so far um and uh yeah couldn't be more thankful i'm trading stocks in front of an audience which i think adds a little bit more pressure but it you know it's what motivates me to stay more disciplined because i understand that you know i can be a uh, motivation to some people you know some people see my style of trading or see how or hear how i talk and then you know they save up for a ring right like you just need to find that one person that you think that that can help you become a better person and boom you're good and uh yeah shout out to brett again yeah i mean i'm just thinking about that like this whole entire episode that's crazy <laughs> um i think that's it i think that's it cash care puts are pretty good they're just kind of expensive to do um, put credit spreads not as expensive to do, just a little bit more complex. Covered calls they are good though. There's a lot of stuff happening. They are also expensive because that includes the hundred shares that you need to purchase to be able to write a covered call. So you might say like, oh, what if you already have a hundred shares or something? Can you write a covered call on that? Uh, the only thing I would watch out for is if you have already have a hundred shares or something, or you know more than hundred shares. Um, be very, very careful with, you know, what strike you write at because your cost basis could be way lower. Um, and you know, you might want to, uh, sell it, uh, at a different price than you, that you might think. So, you know, reaching out to someone that is familiar with recovery calls and break even and cost basis is, could be helpful there. Um, and then, you know, lastly, cause we're going up the list, uh, my number one, uh, favorite trade to teach beginners has to be the long naked call because they're going to want to buy those eventually whether or not they've seen wall street bets already or if they've already seen it but they just want your guidance into buying their first one be the responsible adult that <laughs> that basically says hey you can smoke but you guys smoke in my house <laughs> you don't you know that type of parent you <laughs> just be that type of uh guide to your uh, to your friend that wants to be a to uh, be an options trader right like don't necessarily tell them what to do or tell them what not to do just like be very helpful be very kind passionate like tell them like hey um yeah this is how i would personally do it um this has a max loss of this i can only lose this much of this um the pitfalls of this would be you know this has a high chance of losing uh, you have to watch out um, because this has a chance to decay exponentially as it gets closer to expiration date, which is like this Friday, um, and all that stuff. Like, be be the helpful guy. Don't be like the tiger parent that says like, "No, you can't do this," or you know, "You're stupid if you do this," or "You're smart if you do this." Just be helpful. Be kind. Uh, people people see that stuff and they they also want to do kind things. Um, yeah. I think that's it cool uh, i'll see everybody in the outro
Okay, you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. You can email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks. And signing up with a Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. That's Theta Gang, one word, all caps. Um, I want to give an extended shout out to. Just clicking on a few things. And I'm burping. Um, Pocket Change, Andrew EC Kim, Mike D, Solution, JZM, Malop, Johnny B. Good, Jackie BO2, Empty Cans, Mods, Royal, Mitch, Mitch Brady 7, NSS 88, Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson, uh, Beans J. Kim, uh, Statistically Random, Tom Thomas, Mr. Integrity, Jeffrey Joffrey, 86, Island Bell, Wheaton, DJ Mac, 86, Nob, Blad TC, Cheese, Maltman, 1856, Chibonis, and Mahadian, Little Mr. Sneezy, Metal Dumb, I'm gonna say that over again. Mr. Sneezy, Metal Dum Dum, Grand Pine 95, Gorlami, Tsunami, Leo Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Maestro XC, Nate the River, Volkai, Northfist, Fury, Bad Trader, Shikandina, Slava Lipvin, Ivan Yurkinov, Decentia, uh, Arfman, Lord Skeletor, Lazy Reservist, Suggest for Chris Rukin Boy, Kaput, Rest of Your Shifty, and AG. Nice. Um, wow, that felt pretty retro, bringing back the uh, Apple at $100 example. That, that brought back memories of me and my gaming headset recording the podcast. That was crazy. Um... Real life things. Uh, I think my orchid died. Uh, I did a very aggressive node trim, uh, like right before I left to go see my parents, and I watered it pretty heavily before I left. But I ended up staying at my parents a little bit longer than I had thought, just to do like uh, things that happened with my mama. Um, and since I came back, uh, the leaves had fallen off and they were brown. But I've been watering it. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it's coming back. So, uh, I think I'm going to look online for uh, a baby orchid. I think I want to raise an orchid from infancy. That'd be cool. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's, uh, that's like the thing I'm looking at right now because I'm looking behind me. Uh, my shrimps have had babies, and they are, th they are thriving. I've never had this many shrimp in such a small aquarium. Um... But, you know, they're going to have as many babies as they're allowed to have in the environment. So that's something that gives me solace at night, uh, knowing that they are safe. Um, uh, quite a few uh, people in my uh, uh, Discord have taken interest in shrimp, so that's cool. Also, uh, my coworkers at work have also taken some interest in shrimp. My roommate ha also has a shrimp tank. Shrimp are cool. If you if you and the girls uh, are interested, you know, like you can you can just request that I show the shrimp take on the Twitch stream, and I'll try to accommodate. I think it's really cool. Uh, some of you might think it's I think it's nerdy. That's, that's for sure. Um, what else? Anything? Anything big? Uh, nothing big. Uh, the stock tier list stream that I record and upload takes a long time. Um, not only do I have to watch it, but there's like some parts where I talk and some parts I have to edit a little bit. Uh, but I do it because, you know, I got so much positive feedback after I uploaded the first one. Um, so I'm just, keep, I'm just, I just keep on doing it. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could have that time to code more on the website, but, you know, uh, we should be done with the stock tier list maybe in 
three more episodes. We're going by really slow, and it's just because we have so many people in the chat asking questions, which is a good thing. I'd rather have people asking questions in chat and have this be like a like a series that goes on forever. Um, but you know, I think I have plans that I want to execute um, off the results. Is like I want to finish this tier list. I want to, when you look up the stock on the website, thetagame.com, I want to show the tier that's in. It's like Junie's tier list, and you go to Costco uh, on the on the website, like thetagame.com slash symbol slash cost. Um, and then uh, you see that's in like tier A. And then uh, maybe like per quarter or like when, uh, like when big news pieces come out, uh, it could be like thetagame. Uh, upgrades Costco to an S, and then there's like this paper that comes out. I think it's just be super cool, um, but yeah, uh, this is. I mean, this is how features get made. Really, it's just like I have these like l neat little things I always thought uh, was cool when I was first starting learning stocks, and I make parodies of it and just basically do it myself, right? Like. When I first learned about upgrades and downgrades on stocks from analysts, I was like, oh, wow, that that seems pretty cool, giving your opinion and be able to, like, low-key kind of influence the stock in, in that decision. Like, having that type of, like, power seems cool, you know? It's like people respect your opinion enough to make a financial decision based on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just future stuff. Just super cool um, things to aspire to. Anything else? Um, there is a wiki that will come out soon. I didn't mention it on the podcast just because uh, it's just further down. I don't imagine the wiki being made before Christmas. There could it could happen though. I, I won't I won't gate myself to it. But um, you know how there's Urban Dictionary. I want Urban Dictionary for finance on the Thetagame.com website. So I want users to be able to upload definitions upload examples upload like um learning material for that particular example or for that particular keyword um and then have it be like the central hub where people can learn more about you know strategies and stuff um yeah yeah uh, aside from you know dating related things uh my life has been like pretty good uh, I am absolutely back on the whole grateful train. I, I never left the grateful train, but like sometimes, you know, life can really get to you. Uh, but things with my mom, uh, have been way better. Uh, she's like, uh, she's like in joking moods sometimes, but you know, part of me also thinks like whenever I call, she like gets this burst of energy that she will display and then you know maybe when i hang up she goes back to you know not feeling so good uh but that's just what i think about and that's not fact obviously but you know i think about those things uh, but uh you know my life pretty good work life good uh work life balance good uh theta gang related stuff good wholesome content and discord good uh stream amazing i feel the new, time has changed and there's a lot of newer people on there i do really really miss the 6 p.m people um if there is a world where i could switch it back uh i would just because you know i feel like i feel like a lot of people 
from 6 p.m. Uh, aren't there anymore at 7.30 just because it's so late. But if you are listening to this, I do dearly miss you all. Like, And you know if I'm talking about you because if you're a regular and you know I said what's up to you and you said what's up to me, I do miss you. Um, but yeah, this, this time is the only time that lets me go to jujitsu um, on Tuesdays for that day. So got to get my jujitsu gains in. Uh, talking about jujitsu, I feel like my jujitsu has been getting uh, really good actually going for that fourth day because remember or not remember but uh i was previously not going on tuesdays because i always had the stream but now that there's a new time uh i go to jujitsu on tuesdays and then go straight home and then uh uh do the stream but yeah going four days a week now instead of three so that's that's a blessing i'm thankful that i get to uh go to uh martial arts or just like any activity uh, after work because I understand you know some people aren't as lucky they're uh, maybe maybe like a nurse for example right like you work odd hours saving lives and you don't have the opportunity to do something like this or um, well that's not actually true because I know a few nurses in class I'm just trying to be grateful okay <laughs> um, yeah just I can't really complain about anything um, and uh, I hope if you're listening to this that uh, while you you might be able to complain about a few things that um, understand that I have hit pretty low uh, a few months ago and I've uh, um, I'm I'm not like I'm not gonna say like oh I'm perfect now but <laughs> you know what I mean like there there's always light at the end of the tunnel you can uh, just you know do things in your own right to get yourself to how you want to feel right if you feel like you're always stressed or always sad there are things you can do um to get yourself out of that rut but that is a part of depression uh, not wanting to get out of the rut or not understanding what you can do to get out of that rut and so if you are you know depressed right now and you're listening to this this is your sign right now that after this podcast you could think of things to do that will that could potentially get you less stressed or more happy um that can include uh if you feel like you want a cool wholesome friend group you can go to twitch.tv slash real theta game and just tune in say hi you don't even gotta say hi you can just lurk a few episodes um if you want to be more active, you can go and look up uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu anywhere. Uh, if you want to start learning about plants, maybe you want to tend plants. Uh, maybe in turn, you can learn to tend to yourself and you can learn how to grow orchids. Uh, maybe better than me and not leave it uh, to not be watered for <laughs> four weeks. <laughs> you can tend shrimp, learn more about shrimp. Uh, tons of things to do in this world and it'd be a shame if you spent most of it being sad uh, i will see everybody next week and i hope everyone has an amazing week bye, -bye.